0: You're listening to the Burst Ball podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game.
1: Hello, you're listening to the Boss Boss Scottish Football Podcast, episode number 107. With me, your host here, Hamish Carton. Over the next 90 minutes, we will be looking back at another engrossing weekend of Scottish football action, discussing and dissecting all of the major talking points. It was a weekend that was a bit of a throwback to the old days. We had hard tackling from a number of teams and also, of course, those those brilliant referees, again, raising awareness of just how stupid they can be at times. We'll be looking back at probably about half a dozen big incidents, sorry, that affected games in the top flight Doing that with their shin pads and their rule books out We have Johnny Clark How you doing Hamish? A bit, bit sick today but we made it in And Callum Fisher Yeah I've got a cold also but we've we've braved it to, to bring you some hot quality banter on this podcast Yes, um, well as I said there's loads and loads to discuss on today's show So we'll get right into it um, Did I say show there? Um, I meant show Uh, We will will start by looking at the game that was on yesterday So it's probably freshest in everyone's memories It was in the Highlands of Scotland It was in Dingwall Where Ross County and Rangers played out the Battle of the Ars And it finished with a draw Johnny
2: Mm. Yeah, correct correct score for me here For probably the only person that didn't think Rangers would win this I don't know why that is Um, They probably should have won it uh, they were the better team, I think. Um, Rangers, just when well, they were one nil up, they should have been probably they should have probably gone three nil ahead. They had that huge chance gone, missed. Kenny Miller missed uh, another big chance, so they probably should have been out of sight by the time that um, they were made to pay for hugging each other in the box for for some bizarre reason that I'm yet to figure out. But even after that, they still should have gone on to win. I think Ross County managed the game cleverly with the way they fouled Rangers all the time um, mm. in the midfield but that's the way they played the game and it's, it's a good point for Ross County who I think the table kind of oh, in a, a sense I think it belies the, the team the the way they've been playing, well they're not scoring enough goals and they're not they're conceding too many as we've dissected on recent podcasts but performances against big teams have been impressive from Ross County and in that way I think the, the table's a little harsh on them
1: I think you're a little harsh on Ross County in your assessment of the game there, because I, I thought Ross County, especially late on in the game, um, created enough chances to win the game late on. Leo, mm. Liam Boyce had two good chances, obviously Shalk has a long range effort late on, um, there's a few other opportunities as well, so I think Ross County, um, I put in Mark Oro earlier, they, were the, the, they became the only team other than Celtic this season to outshoot Rangers in a match, which I think says a lot, and I think... Ross County were, were well worthy of the draw for me yesterday. Um, I also made the point late on in the game, watching Rangers of of years ago. You you would be expecting Rangers to be battering down the door. Even Rangers last season, you would be expecting them to be battering down the door to get that winner late on. If anything, it was Ross County who created chances later on. Um, and I, I just I just found that quite interesting that that Ross County were the team who seemed to look. The sharper late on in the game, they seem to look the fitter. Uh, And in my opinion, they could easily have won the game late on. I think um, particularly, uh,
3: as Johnny said, the first 20 minutes, I thought Rangers, we were the better side. Um, We should have, I said, Kenny Miller had his token miss that should have been a goal. Garner should be doing better with his one as well. Um, But I think Ross County had one cleared off the line prior to one of those chances as well. So I think you're right. I think... For all, I'm extremely disappointed in the way Rangers played. And I think, as Johnny said, I, I mean, that's one of the criticisms about this Rangers team is there's no mean streak about them. I mean, Windass was getting filled all day long yesterday mm. and there wasn't one Rangers player up in the face of the the Ross County players. There wasn't anybody prepared to give them some of it back. I think we're too... or even want to say we're too nice. I just don't think there's a mean streak in there. And I think in games like yesterday, the midfield just gets suffocated um, because don't believe, as much as I like Andy Halliday and Jason Holt and Josh Windass I think, and I've said it before on the pod the team, that the squad we have is more balanced to play a 4-5-1 and I think a 4-5-1 in that game, in a game where it was scrappy in the middle, there wasn't I mean we cut them open early early on a few times but after that particularly in the second half it was just nothing I mean it was Mm. so ponderous in front of goal Um, and there's just times, and I hate to be one of those people but there's just times we just need to hit it yeah. Four or f- The thing is, Rangers are very good at controlling possession and doing nothing with it. Um and as I say, they're very ponderous. But I mean, back to the point I was making, the midfield just got overran at times. I thought I I I think yet again Halliday and Holt I believe I mean I didn't see the the Kowalik game last week due to work. I th- I believe Halliday was really good, but the last three or four games I've seen him, um he hasn't been good at all and I think that continued yesterday and it? I think you're right. Late on what we were doing trying to pass the ball while on the back four in the 89th mm. minute at one each to then for them Wallace to play just a that would have summed it up. If Ross County had gone and scored from that pass, that would've mm. summed the whole game up. Um I thought I thought we were really poor and it's incredibly disappointing, particularly after um a
1: really encouraging performance last mm. week against Kumar. It was a really strange game because the first half was probably as bad a game of football I've seen in terms of quality, defensive gaffes, poor finishing, but it was so exciting. It was a really good game. It was so bad it was good almost. Second half, probably players would say they played better. Defenses were... were, Defenses for both teams were alright in the second half, especially Ross County, were quite good defensively. And that's what made it for me a, a a bit of a duller watch in the second half. Um... Yeah, I agree with you. I think Rangers had so many chances to hit, to shoot. You had the fullbacks mainly Tavernier and Wall. Tavernier mainly had just so much room at times, and he would just kind of play a loose ball inside, or he would try and take up the line. I and mean, you're just you're crying. Well, I wasn't personally, but I'm sure Rangers fans would be crying out just to hit the ball and test the goalkeeper. Um, there were a couple of interesting uh, moments in the game. The first real. Referring, co- refereeing controversy um, happened in the first half when Tavernier plays the ball back to Wes Fodringham. It's I don't know if there's much argument at all. It's it's a pass nah, back. I think Fodringham uh, handles the ball. It was it was interesting.
3: That was another point. Fodringham had a weird game. <laughs> yesterday. It was a
1: spell of five minutes yeah. where he was. his distribution, I mean he's got
3: that in him from time to time but yesterday was the worst I've seen it and that includes the very start of last season where Mm. I mean, I still think people do it now but where a lot of people would hold their breath when the ball went back to (laughs) Fodringham, he's improved but yesterday was just ridiculous, I mean three or four times if it wasn't a punt out the park it was almost giving Liam Boyce a tap in or it was the, um, the pass back and it just again kind of summed it all up, it was just it was bizarre. I know that word gets used a lot amongst mm. us, but it, it really was at times. It was it was very strange. The Jason Holt penalty claim, Johnny, have you, you seen
1: this one? The one we yeah, just booked for diving uh, in the
2: second half. Yeah, it's a definite dive. I was actually saying to Fisher at the time, I was gonna slate Holt, I'm not gonna count and say he's a <coughs> he's a cheater because I don't think he's that sort of that sort of player, but it's a it's a awful dive. I mean we talked about it quite often earlier in the season, but yeah, so the referee's got got that one right. Mm. If he hasn't got the first one right, he's definitely
1: definitely got that one right. Yeah, so just looking for that that result leaves the two teams. Um, Rangers are back down to third place. Um, Leapfrogged by Aberdeen this weekend. Twenty points from twelve games, only five wins. But I think the. Without kind of crucifying Rangers too much, I think the point's been made that the draws you look at this season, if you take the St. John's result at home, which is still one Rangers should be winning, there are other draws this season, Ross County twice, um, Kilmarnock and Hamilton on the opening day, those are three teams that we expect to see down the bottom of the league, they're teams that Rangers just have to be beaten.
3: Yeah, I, no, I agree with that, and I, I'm, there's an... I, give it a quick plug there's an article going up on the website mm. from myself about the whole situation at Rangers at the moment um, which will be hot off the press as soon as we get yes. um, done with this podcast but listen I think everybody realises it's not good enough um, but the important thing is we're a point off second as I've said before Celtic the league's gone realistically unless Celtic have Possibly one of the greatest collapses in the history of football. Um, Even then, then I'd back Celtic to win the league, to be honest. <laughs> well, I think that's the problem. Everyone else isn't consistent enough. However, I think we have the players that if we go on a run, I think the, the thing now is, going into the international break, I think the support needs to take a breather and step back. Um, and I think there needs to be a few... I think there needs to be a few tweaks and changes. Whether you think Warburton's capable of that or not, that's a different argument. But... Mm. I think Rangers are in a position now whereby if we go on a good enough run from now, let's say until that Old Firm game on December 31st, I think we have the players not to to win the league, but I think we have the players whereby we can go on a run. um, Granted, it doesn't look like it right now, um, whereby if one of Rangers, Hearts or Aberdeen are consistent enough, then second place, it could could become a lot clearer, I think, Mm. um, in terms of, where teams will finish relatively soon um, and I think if Rangers were to go on a consistent run which I think we have the players to do and I still back the manager then I don't think Aberdeen or Hearts are good enough to go in a similar type of run um, but it, it's, it all rests with Warburton and the players um, it's not good enough made the points clear um, on the podcast and, and there's a fairly long winded article from myself uh, coming on the website so I'll not say too much more but um, obviously everybody realises it's not good enough um, and, and hopefully after the international break they'll,
1: they'll come back with a point to prove. In terms of Ross County, Johnny still rooted to the bottom of the table. Still winless, I think, since start of August type mm-hmm. thing. They've only won two games all season and those came very early on, uh, I think in their first three games actually. Um, but signs of a wee bit of a revival yesterday, the way they played? Yeah, much more positive from them. Um, they looked... Like you say, the the outshot
2: Rangers, um they looked pretty good going forward. Uh, the the another they'd have beaten most teams I think in outside the top four and in, in, in that if they played that well. Um home or away. So yeah, there's definitely positives and like I say, I think the table does sort of belie Ross County a wee bit. Um they are down there for a reason, but I don't think they'll they'll be down there for very long. I think they'll start putting together a, a, a run if they can continue to attack as well as they did and get and get boys back scoring goals at a wee, wee voice break there. It was really strange decisions for the referee today. I thought he got a number of calls wrong, uh, which, which frustrated us. But, you know, I've got, to, I've got to get all the credit to the players. Uh, I thought they were brave today and showed a real hunger and desire that, you know, we know how much this means to us and, and how much we want to climb the table.
1: Jim McIntyre there, of course Mark Warburton doesn't speak to us so that's why we're not getting his um, interview after the game but as I say, Ross County still bottom of the table Rangers third place looking at the other games on Saturday where do you want to go first Johnny? Um, start with Celtic I'll say. Well, um, <laughs> Celtic beat Inverness Cali Thistle 3-0 um, on Saturday and another one of the Glasgow against Highland teams it was on this weekend and it was actually a similar feel to the the game um, on Sunday as well. In many ways, uh, with the way that Richie Foran set out his team to play, they were really aggressive. Um, I think the first challenge went in uh, about thirty seconds into the game. That I was, I was shouting out for a booking for for whatever Inverness player it was. Um, it may even have been Tansy, who eventually was sent <laughs> off for for if you see it too really. Well, the second one especially, McGregor had really that like, was a crud challenge because that was just sheer frustration. I and like the ball was, he was obviously not going for the ball, and he's ran about
3: ten yards across the park. On a team. booking.
1: Why is he doing that on a booking? Like,
3: I don't know. It was, it was. I, I mean, I appreciate a good lunge now and aye. then, but that was uh, a, it was some
1: challenge, <laughs> some challenge from. But
3: obviously mm. rightly, so he get, um, his second gel after that.
1: Yeah, even the tackles, um, they were they were timing really well. They didn't hold anything back in Vanessa. It was so clear from the first minute uh, that Richie Foone had set his team out to really disrupt Celtic and get in their faces, which is fair enough. I mean, you're gonna do what you have to do to stop Celtic. At Celtic Park, and to be fair to them, it, it did work for the majority of the first half. Because apart from that Lee Griffiths chance, which is a really, um, really good save from Owen Fawn-Williams, tipped onto the bar, probably, um, well, apart from the one last week from Lewis, probably as, as good a save as you'll yeah, see this un- season. Really, it's going the other it way. From and he where tipped Griffiths tipped is it. as mm. well, it's a fantastic save. World-class, definitely. <laughs> uh, I was impressed with uh, Owen Fawn-Williams as well. Um, but just in the second half, Celtic just... <laughs> I don't know if you even say Celtic upped their game it just kind of, The goal just came really early In the second half, Scott Sinclair pokes it in And from then on it was kind of just a formality um, Inverness obviously go down to 10 men And Griffith scores the second In the space of like 5 seconds So that ended the game as a contest And then Roderick just hammers in the third Again, um, without risk of repeating myself I don't really know what to say about it Because Celtic didn't really go out second gear Johnny um, And it was a, a 3-0 win against a well, the team six in the league at the moment, Inverness.
2: Yeah, I was pretty disappointed with Inverness. Actually, I was speaking to Andrew, my flatmate after the game. who's a Celtic season ticket holder. He, mm. he said he was Inverness didn't come to play at all, which I was no. actually quite surprised to hear because we've kind of bigged Inverness <laughs> up on the on the pre-match podcast and they'll treat this, this like any other game. And Inverness are quite good for that. at Times they treat they don't treat the old firm. I don't feel yeah. any differently from any other match, which is to their credit and it normally works for them, but. it maybe they've gone there thinking with well, a bit of the fear factor I think actually Richie Foran has come out after the game and said I've told them Celtic, Celtic Park isn't a place to come in fear anymore however maybe Brendan Rogers has got that fear factor back because my players looked a bit scared So mm. I think kind of sums it up um, they were tough in the tackle but that was about it um, yeah. they didn't really offer anything which I was surprised by seeing even Lustig getting injured early doors it's a
1: crunching tackle even though it is probably It was a good tackle but yeah geez what I mean how it was a really strong challenge. They're um, definitely
2: leaving something on the Celtic players yeah. now deliberately. The probably.
1: other the other one to, to point out as well, Lustig looks like a pretty bad injury from the way he was kinda of writhing on the ground. Liam Polworth, actually, I don't think the highlight showed it picked up quite a nasty one as well and hobbled off. Um so I, I think you'd be worried about those two. Um, for the next few games anyway because they both look like serious injuries. We'll just hear from um, Brendan Rodgers, Richie Fone and also Lee Griffiths.
0: The sort of game plan going into it which was disrupted purely because of the injury. So um, so it's just a case of being patient. We had to move the ball a little bit quicker, um, get them moving a little bit more and get them running a little bit more um, in order to create the openings. And then we know that we have the quality and the, the speed and... Um, to, to do that.
1: How did you feel the partnership with, with Musa went today? Yeah, I thought it was good. I think we were linked up um, well at times. I think, you know, me playing in that deep role, it's, it's unfamiliar
3: for me, but, you know, the man just took me there and I was delighted to be named in the starting 11. Um, if he wants me to play there, left-back, right-back, I'm happy to play with anyway. Um, but, you know, at times, you know, we, we try to link up as much as as much as we can.
1: We didn't lose the game today. We lost the last week. Some of them lost the last week when he started thinking about Celtic. I spoke about Parkhead not having that fear factor anymore. Well, maybe Brendan's got that back now because some of my players played with fear today and never passed the ball I mean, chances of pass the ball. Very disappointed we weren't brave enough, so for some that game was lost before it started. He's very good for a soundbite, Richie Foreign, isn't he? I quite like him. His yeah. voice is
3: you know he's um he's hard but it's very soothing at the same time and <laughs> his facial hair is a disgrace. Me. Yeah. Something quite Chronic actually, he's
1: a very disturbing man But I enjoy listening to him Mm. Disturbing Richie Foran His team were certainly disturbed a wee bit by uh, The way Celtic started the second half, Johnny
2: Yeah, um, well they actually To be fair, we've not mentioned the fact that Inverness actually got to half-time level
1: First domestic First league team, I think To stop Celtic scoring um, Before half-time this season No, no, I'm talking nonsense at home at Celtic Park that is because Dundee did it as well um, and hmm. Aloua did it in the Cup and Rangers did it in the Cup but apart so from that aye, Park. so not at Celtic Park so in the league at Celtic yeah.
2: Park so I suppose you could say the game plan did kind of work out for them until uh, till what the 48th minute when Scott Sinclair scores but yeah, I sort of come out the blocks absolutely flying in the second half showing no sort of uh, worries after midweek because like I say they've got this amazing record after Champions League which is probably now mm. I don't know if it's become a thing which actually spurs them on or whether it's just a total coincidence <coughs> but it is an incredible record they hold after Champions League games but no Inverness in the first half you got to give them credit but second half just totally blown away which is probably more down to, to the quality of Celtic and obviously the red card than mm. it is the to them Themselves But a point I would make I was interested to see Was Lee Griffith starting
1: I was going to say that My two questions were A um, Does that mean that He's in a better place To start for Scotland On Friday And also um, Can he and Dembele Play together For Celtic up top Well
2: To, <coughs> to Answer the first question First My thoughts Initially were That Brendan Rodgers Was trying to put him In a better place To start for yeah. Scotland That's deliberate I think mm. Had they not been playing this Friday, he wouldn't have started, I don't think. No. You could say it's got something to do with, obviously, the game in Germany. But I think it's definitely played a part. Because people would be saying there's no way Lee Griffiths can play. He's not been starting for Celtic. They maybe won't say that quite as much now. He's He's managed to get his... His goal. People will say his name on the team sheet and think, yeah, he should be starting for Scotland. He's still scoring.
3: So I think the thing with Scotland, is though even when he wasn't playing for Celtic, around um, about the last games when he hadn't been fit, people were still kind of clamoring for him to start. So I think in terms of the supporters, I don't think there's really much. <coughs> excuse me, convincing in terms of who they want to start up front. I think yeah. it'd be Griffiths every time, starting for Celtic or not. Um, I think it would maybe just more in terms of the and, and and the management staff in terms of that. Mm. In terms of the starting together, I mean they looked all right going by the highlights yeah. there. Which um, not that I'm one to, to overly praise Celtic, but I mean, at the moment, the two of them together mm. aren't. As, they're not exactly a strike force that um, you would want to come up against if you're, if, yeah. you know, a centre half um, or you, mm. you're, you're an opposition side. So I think if if Celtic can get the two of them playing together, then mm. you know. I think the league title's already gone anyway but um, it could be even worse for, for teams coming up against Celtic particularly at Parkhead mm.
1: Personally speaking I, I think Celtic play better um, when you have Roger in the team I think for me Rogic's the key man for the way Celtic play and I don't think it's any coincidence that I think Celtic looked best late on when Rogic came on against the tired Inverness <laughs> defenders on Saturday um, Now I don't think Tom Rogic, Lee Griffiths and Dumbelli can all start in the same team because you're then looking at having, I don't know what formation that would be, because it would probably be what, three at the back, three, four, one, two, And I don't see that happening at any time this season. Um, so I think it's either the two up top or Tom Roddick in the team. I, mean, I think Celtic are a better option when Griffiths comes off the bench. If they're needing a goal, he provides um, a bit of energy. And obviously he knows where the goal is. You saw against Rangers in the cup game when he comes on and sets up the goal for Dembele. Um, but it just seems incredibly harsh for a striker. Last season he scored 40 goals to be on the bench, but it's almost, for me, I think Dembele's a better striker than him. As harsh as that sounds, as I say, Mm. in a guy who scored 40.
2: It's quite it's a totally mental situation and it just shows how blessed Celtic are. But I don't know how long Lee Griffiths can stay at Celtic if he's not playing Mm. and he's not starting matches. He doesn't seem to me like the sort of guy who's happy to come off the bench all the time. And I know he says all the time, I'm happy to play for Celtic, whether I'm coming off the bench or whether I'm starting Mm. but he just, for me, seems like the sort of guy that's hungry to start games and score goals and I don't know whether he would be interested, he's obviously never going to play for another team in Scotland or very unlikely unless he's ending his career at Hibs or something like that Mm. but would he be interested in a move down south that he's not going to play here? if is going to but well, then again I, I, how long till Dembele and yeah,
1: back in I think Dembele will probably be away at the end of this season when you, you look at it in all honesty I don't mm. think he'll go in January but even January if a, a club in England who he's scored two against Man City who's to say he couldn't do the same against A. Barcelona or B. Man City in England um, at the end of the, the campaign he scored the hat-trick in the old from game he scored four goals against Rangers in total these are the games that get you noticed and he's he's gone on fire in those obviously scored against Gladbach last week as well so I mean I think he's a player who the, uh, you could see an English team. I mean what's fifteen million to an English team now? Nothing. They they could they could easily in January just go there's fifteen million in Celtic. You can guarantee Celtic would probably take less for Dembele at the moment. So I could honestly I could see Dembele going pretty soonish. Um, and then Griffiths Griffiths is hardly a, a bad kind of backup player to have as he? he's a ready made striker to have there. But it's just it is a, a very strange situation that Celtic find themselves in. You to get good odds at Lee Griffiths not starting too many games for Celtic after what he did last season and um, when he was obviously the the player of the year and all that kind of stuff the country's player of the year as well um, yeah elsewhere we had uh, I want to touch on Dundee and Motherwell because Dundee got their second successive win for the first time this season and two clean sheets as well and they looked really good against Motherwell on Saturday.
3: Yeah they are a vast improvement I think um, I don't uh, the dominated the game by the looks of the highlights. Um, they had the better chances. They, they, for the first time this season, they actually took their chances, and yeah, it yeah. obviously paid dividends. Um, and I think, I mean, I, I still think Dundee United will go down. But if if they want to stay up, Dundee, Dundee, I mm-hmm. saw. Apologies. Um, I think Dundee will go. It's uh, will still go down. But I think um, these are the kind of games that you need to be winning, and especially against a team like Motherwell who I don't think anyone's really sure of where their rightful position in the league is mm. um, some weeks one Motherwell. Really better than others um, but as you say a good win for Dundee it's just all about consistency now because very much like what I was saying with the second place scenario I think anyone that gets a consistent run together um just due to the fact that nobody, because nobody seems to be consistent, if somebody can find a way to be consistent, then I think they can play themselves out of trouble. and That could be the case with Dundee, um, but as you say, a, a
1: good result for them. Yeah, um, I thought Dundee looked like they had a new lease of life about them. The, I didn't actually see anything from their game against Hamilton last week, but it seems like getting that monkey off the back with the victory um, and ending that that run since the start of the season seemed to really... Provoke a really good reaction on Saturday I, I thought, I mean, if you're looking at the game And you didn't know league position You'd think they were like world beaters, Dundee The way they played, they were really good um, I think the young uh, the young right-back, is it Cammie Kerr yeah. um, Was really good, energetic And of course, the main talking point is Craig Whiten like A player who mm-hmm. So much was talked about I think he was um, Was he put in like one of the big Scotland squads When he was much younger than the age group Almost like Karamoko Dembele um, and he kind of drifted away. I think he was at Wraith Rovers um, for a wee while on loan, um, but he's come back with a bang. And on Saturday, he looked a world beater. Like that is, is probably as good a, from the highlights anyway as good a personal performance as you'll see anywhere.
2: Yeah, he certainly looked good on the uh, on Sports on Saturday night. I've not. I think that's the first time I've actually seen him this season. So yeah. I don't know too much about His
1: him. His first touch is really good. He mm. he moves the ball quickly. He um he can beat a man and he looked like he had end product. That goalie scores is is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I can't I was a bit kind of surprised looking at him thinking this this boy I've not heard like too much about him lately. <laughs> he looks I mean if he carries on that kinda of thing without building up players too much, you could easily see him as a future Scotland International the if he's playing like that.
2: Mm. Yeah, probably getting a bit Probably getting a bit far down the line, but yeah, yeah he's definitely... Oh, he's Alan Hudson's just island. retired, so there's mm. a
3: vacant space for a right-back in the squad, Um, up because I think Callum Patterson's the only one in there, so... Mm. Mm.
2: Whereabouts
1: does he play? Right-back. Whiten, I'm talking about. Whiten? Oh, All no, right, I, right,
3: I thought care. you were ta- Sorry, I was so engrossed in the Kilmarnock-Hamilton highlights that we've got in front of us here.
1: Yeah, well, C- Cammy Kerr could also... Um, he could also be a future talent. I think he's... I've heard him described almost, and I've not seen much of the boy, but I've heard him described almost as a, a right-sided Kieran Tierney in that he, he gives everything. He doesn't pull out the challenges and he's quick mm. and he moves the ball well. I mean, that chance he had um, for the, the goal... Obviously, he scores a goal as well, which is a big one for him. Um, so I just thought there was a different side to Dundee. Of course, it all could have been very different with the incident two of the weekend. Um, the the What do I call it? A cross come short yeah, type cross, thing from yeah. uh, Scott McDonald um, carried uh, into the net putting it bluntly um, and it, the goal not given the goalkeeper's uh, get his, he's touching the net with his back um, and he's turned round and the ball's actually further into the, the net than he was and somehow it's still not been given
2: Aye well the, the referee's probably watching the sports scene highlights so he doesn't have <laughs> a clue either Yeah I
3: was going to say
1: we had to look at That's it It's a big
2: blurry time. circle I've, I've I've actually watched it about three times. I still wasn't sure if it was in, but was that the
1: one they put black and white on sports scene, or was that no, another that incident? Was, that
2: was the other one. Um, <laughs> uh, that wasn't that one. It was the hearts one. They did black and white where the 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 goal that was given the first hearts goal reheaders he yeah. it and it was cleared off the line. And I, I don't know if that was in or not either. Mm. I think it. Pro- I think they were probably both in. So one correct and one incorrect, but. I don't know. As, as they've actually made, they've made it harder to make a judgment based on that. Some uh, achievement, isn't it, to yeah.
1: actually shed less light on the game <laughs> than was before. And fair play to them. Yeah, Absolutely well, fair play.
2: I've got to give Dundee a bit of credit because I've given them, I've <clears throat> given them a bit of a bash, and especially Paul Hartley, in a past podcast. But he does seem to have, because there's always seems he seems to have this sort of stubbornness about him. But he's Given youth, youth its chance. Playing players like Wigtown and, and Carr and stuff like that, so we've got to give them credit. And Dundee have put a couple of results together, a um, couple of clean sheets. and it's not easy to do that when you're rooted to the bottom of the table. So fair play to them.
1: But no arguments about about the goal. It's uh, Craig Mitchell, I think. Um, David Mitchell, sorry, who carries the ball. There's no arguments at all. Um. <laughs> Even though you haven't it really seen it, it, it looks, looks it's over the line. It
2: looks over the line. He's got his back. Yeah, he he's over the line. Yeah, and the balls are the balls in his hands. Yeah. So I'm gonna say it's probably in, based on that. Ha-
1: How did they go about getting that wrong then?
2: I don't know. Um, to be fair, I didn't really know the first time I seen it because it, maybe because he crashes off the post, he kind of maybe thinks, I don't know. It's it's, it's a hard one. Obviously, the, the linesman's not expecting it to be that close. He's expecting probably an easy gather for the. But the linesman's the at probably. the
1: perfect view compared to the cameras. The linesman's on this near side. Yeah. And he's looking. He's got to be. He's got to have a really good view of that. And there's nothing blocking him either, I don't think. Hmm. So it's. I probably shouldn't be
2: giving the guy an excuse. But. <coughs> yeah, he he's probably got to see it. It's, it's a shame for Motherwell because it does change the game. It totally changes it. If they're 1 0 up, they probably. Gets a nervous Dundee. They've probably got a good chance of going on to win, so it has ruined their their weekend, and it could have a big impact when it comes to the end of the season. So we shouldn't really be giving the the linesman an excuse, but it is it's it's a difficult it is quite a difficult one to mm. to see in the naked eye.
1: Yeah, probably not too many people at Motherwell laughing about the decision after the game on Saturday. They are in tenth place now, four defeats from their last five. Um, and Dundee, who were seemingly cut adrift a few weeks ago, are now leveling points with them.
3: Yeah, I think that just goes back to what what I was saying and what we've been saying the whole season. It's very difficult to 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 really pick who that because I don't think there is going to be a team really cut adrift this season. With uh, um, like Dundee United before uh, Dundee United last season, rather, um, and then what many people thought Hamilton would be like this season even Hamilton are getting are getting results in there. Um and I think you know, Muddle were not careful. They could really be sucked in there. I mean tenth is pretty much there already, but with Dundee United improving, Ross County showing signs of improvement and will now four game losing streak. Mm. Um it's not gonna get any easier really for them. And I think that's the one thing you can say about the Premiership is Celtic apart really. Every team has is kinda hasn't come up against an opposition where they've really, really found it easy. Um maybe apart from us last week against Kilmarnock, but mm. um it's been it's been interesting and I think um I wouldn't be surprised to see Mudwell sucked in there. I I, I think the I've never really rated Mark McGee as a manager and I don't think the playing squad there is great. Um so
1: it it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from this. Yeah, no interesting um just looking at the kinda of the recent form of these teams. Um, Motherwell really are, are losing a lot of goals and games as well. Um and I think when you you compare it to the recent resurgence in Dundee, I think you've got to look at Dundee's defence which has come in for a lot of criticism. The fact that they've kept two clean sheets in the last two games, especially off the back of that hammering for Partick thistle. Um you can't I don't think you can argue that Paul Hartley's got a reaction um from his team in recent weeks, which is, is what you're after as a manager. Let's hear from Hartley now. I felt
3: we deserved that today. We might have got a wee bit of a break and you with know, we, we Motherwell's so-called goal, I haven't really seen it, but it's the breaks that we've not had, but I felt we were comfortable today, in how we played, second half, I felt we were excellent, and um, we deserved that today.
0: Well Mark, I've got to start by asking you about the Scott McDonald goal that never was. Uh, what was your view? Well, I mean, I've seen the video again, I saw it at the time, We could see, you know, clearly, you know, the boy's feet are over the line, the ball's ahead of him, there's absolutely no doubt it's a goal, it's, it's an absolutely shocking decision, So. We're gonna see, you know, wasn't given.
1: Mark McGee, they're far from happy with uh, that decision and also probably the performance of his team because they it's a fair result in the end. To be honest, Dundee winning two. Now another game on Saturday, um, finished Hearts to St. Johnson two at Tynecastle. Probably <coughs> the pick of the games this weekend. Looking at the way the way the game went, the chances are an end to end match. Um, Saint Johnstone looked like they'd won it late on when when Kane scores a, another controversial goal and um, where referees have come in for a bit of criticism um, or linesmen I suppose in this case as well. But then Hearts didn't let that get to them. They fought back. Callum Patterson nods in an equaliser um, just two minutes after that to earn uh, the draw for for the two for Hearts. Sorry, how do you think the two sides look at that that draw, Johnny? Um it's a better point for Saint Johnstone. Clearly, I
2: think that. Um, they would have taken that before the match. Um, looking at the table, I'm actually trying to figure out how St Johnston are are level on points with Hearts. Like it's just it's crazy to me because you, you think about St Johnston recent times. You think about their losses to I and Park at home, but they are picking up points. They mm. they kind of seem to. They've been coming in for a bit of criticism this season, St Johnston. I think recently because people are kind of waiting for them to push on, but they are a good. They're a good side, St. Johnson. They are, maybe not quite as consistent as people think that they they think they are, but they are a good side. So I think they'll view that as a better point I, than than Hartswell. I actually think the the referee gets the the linesman. Sorry, gets the decision right with the first goal. I think that probably is over the line. Again, yeah, it's black and black and white feature on <laughs> sports. Seems like a kid messing around with paint. So I don't actually know. Whether it was in or not, but just by the naked eye, it looked looked over the line. Yeah,
1: but um, I, th- I think <laughs> you use your common sense in that that mm-hmm. situation. Unlike the assistant or the ref at Den's Park, I think you see that Brian Easton, his feet are behind the line, and his head is. You know how your head's obviously just a wee bit maybe ahead of your feet if you're thinking about if he's nodding it forward, mm-hmm. but his feet are so far <laughs> behind the line that I think I think you can pretty much guarantee it's a goal. Um, I'm just wondering, there's so many goal line incidents this weekend. Why, why have well, A, technology, or B, a simpler version. Why do they not have like cameras like that on sports scene? They're giving us all this stuff <laughs> at the start of the season. Remember all the stuff about they're going to have more cameras at games and longer highlights? like That That was an absolute farce at the weekend with the big decisions. They didn't cover any of the big decisions at all, no. um, with maybe slight uh, difference in the, the Ross County game, in that that was live televised, so they maybe had the cameras there. But... If they'd had good cameras on the goal line for the Motherwell game and for the Hearts game, those two goals would have been completely like would would have known if they were goals or not. Whereas we're a wee bit kind of sceptical. Um, but I think I think that one certainly was over the line. What what did you make of the the St. John'son second goal, and that Kane pokes it in, and uh, I think it's Steven McLean. Uh, of is course, yeah. The the active inactive debate. He has offside. If he's and offside, he's, and he's active. then he's active one hundred percent. The the only thing
2: I was trying to see was. Again, they didn't really cover cover this on sports scene. Is he actually is he being played on side by the guy beside him, or is he just off? Because the linesman might have thought that um, that he's actually on side. Never mind, because he's definitely interfering with play. There's no way that the keeper. The keeper delays his dive to see if he gets a touch in it, so he's a hundred percent interfering. The linesman may have just thought he was just on, but I think he was off. So I feel a bit, I feel a bit bad for Hearts there. That was, <coughs> that probably should have been disallowed. Um, but they bounce right back, and I think that's the second goal to go two one up. And if that doesn't count, the Hearts, the Hearts goal from kick off and score, mm. you could say they win that game two one. But I would probably look at it and say that would finish one each if that goal doesn't go in. It's
1: a a fair argument that maybe Hearts had nothing to lose, so piled men forward for Mm -hmm. the corner. However, basic logic would say that Hearts scored two goals, St. Johnson scored two, but one of them was offside. So basic logic would say that. Um, I've got a kind of still of it here. I know you can't see through, obviously, in this studio. I think he is just offside. I think it's maybe Reras, the left-back, who's the nearest one. He's certainly... 100 well he just clearly as ahead of the the centre back but I think I think Reras is maybe just um, playing him um, offside he's maybe just pushed up slightly enough um, and and when you look at it of course as you say Jack Hamilton is going to say it's not a powerful shot from Kane Jack Hamilton is going to save that mm-hmm. um, if, if uh, McLean isn't there so I think that's probably a harsh decision um, to allow that goal, it's not the first time Hearts have been up against that as well Celtic's first goal of the season, the, the Forest one, it showed it in sports scene when Armstrong's um, kind of standing there and he, he's almost doing the same job as McLean did on Saturday and again I think it's Jack Hamilton who's undone by it so you could argue that Hearts perhaps uh, deserve a break uh, some good decisions coming up with the way, way that went on Saturday um, they are down into fourth place, Hearts after Rangers got the draw yesterday um, they've only won five of their 12 games hearts, so it's probably not as good as they would have wanted. It's the same same record as Rangers I think, Th- mm. five
2: wins out of and 12. S- and S- St. Johnson won five from 13. It's much i say it's a much uh, closer league than many people anticipated and these teams down the bottom with there being no one cut away, um, we've seen already re- re- touched upon Rangers dropping points twice to Ross County against Hamilton at home, they only just beat Motherwell and that's basically, and that's the Two, three, the bottom four, I think. So, um, mm. it's the same. Same goes with St Johnston. You know, before this season, they were considered as one of the most consistent teams. Even they're dropping points all over the place. at Aberdeen are not winning as consistently as they were last year. I don't think. Same goes for Hearts. So it is more of what teams are dropping more points. Apart from Celtic, <laughs> um, running away at the top of the league, and the standard of the league does seem. Slightly higher this year um, across the board, I think. The teams, and there's only three points separating the bottom seven or something like
1: that, so it is a much tighter, more competitive bottom half of the table. Final game on Saturday was the goalless one. It was between Kilmarnock and Hamilton Ackies uh, at Rugby Park. Two teams who are in pretty decent form. There's certainly a bit of a rejuvenation about Kilmarnock in recent weeks. You take away that 3 0 defeat at Ibrooks last week. Um, they had beaten Hearts and St Johnson in the month of October, um, but November starts with a, a kind of, I suppose it is a dull no-no by nature, but the fact it's against Hamilton, a game they would have wanted to win, um, probably a lot of Kelly fans leaving a wee bit of disappointment there.
3: I was disappointed because I was waiting in that game for my cooking. and uh, mm. come on, commander bust me, so thank you for that. Um, I, it just kind of seemed like. It was one of those games where there wasn't, there didn't appear to be too many clear cut chances. There was a couple of penalty appeals, I think, as well in there, um, and it just, it just really seemed like not a lot happened. Not um, the result either side would have wanted, but I think, judging by the highlights, and that's all we've really got to go on. I think Kilmarnock looked slightly the better side. Um, obviously, Boyd, Boyd's goal it looked offside. But again, with sports scene, you can never really tell. I think maybe I think it was his leg that might have put, um, played him offside. But just one of those games, I think. Um, not really too much to separate them. Hamilton, um, I suppose, going away to Kilmarnock, who Rangers game apart um, have improved drastically, really, in the last couple of weeks. Might be the happier of the two sides, but not a game, I think, um, that there's
1: really too much to talk about, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think Martin Cannon was was too pleased with the the way his team failed to to win the match, take their chance. It seems to be a bit of a, a story of their season, not winning games that they perhaps could draw in a lot of games.
2: Yeah, I think they they scored the first goal in about seven out of nine games, so that's that's sort of been a what's happened a lot this season. Of course, it was 0-0 this weekend, so that doesn't continue, but. I don't think it's a terrible point for either team. I don't think it's a great point for either team. Um, neither will be massively disappointed. Neither will be massively pleased. That's just one of those games that's, that comes around every so often. Um, both kind of just doing enough to, to keep themselves in sort of 8th and ninth place. Um, both both had probably a penalty appeal. Both, I don't think, were, we're penalties. They are both a bit desperate attempts. Best chance of the game was probably that Koulibaly chance. Vol- the volley yeah the one where he kind of well it's the best effort of the game probably mm. not the best chance but he's he for me is what cuts Kilmarnock away from teams like Hamilton I think he's different class Koulibaly and if they lose him in January they could be in for a difficult second half of the season we've, we've really heard Lee Clark talking about um that I think he said that he was going to lock Koulibaly in a cupboard for a month and just keep him away because that's how much they want to keep him. Lee
3: Clark uh, seems like the kind of person who's mental enough to actually lock mm. Koulibaly in a cupboard.
1: <laughs> what uh, what law would that be breaking? Sorry? What law would that be breaking in terms of actual laws locking someone I in a cupboard? I suppose a
3: kidnapping law, kidnapping. probably. What um, if Koulibaly wanted to be? It uh, probably blo- uh, break some so- sort of um, employment law as well, because uh, I don't think you're allowed to lock your employees in a cupboard. I mean, mm-hmm. I might, I've never been a manager or a boss of anybody, but mm-hmm. I mean... Have you ever I been locked in a cupboard? No. I mean, oh, okay.
1: I'm, I'm struggling to come out of a closet, but uh, <laughs> I've never been locked in a cupboard, so... <laughs> yeah, Kula Bali um, has been one of the, the key figures for Kelly this season. Let's hear from from that kidnapper himself, Lee Clark. We, we just didn't cope with their system. We should have coped with it better. We should have used uh, the opportunity to get our wide players in the game quicker with them playing
0: with wing backs. But we didn't, we seemed to be a little bit nervy and um, we've blown an opportunity to, to get in the top six. I think it's a game again. We've managed to let three points get away. I think that's six draws this season. I think quite easily. You could have won three or four of them with the performance we've put in and it's it's frustrating that we find ourselves what we do in terms of points total. I think we could be further, away, further ahead, but we need to just keep working hard and it's going to be a tight, tight league all season and we need to make sure we keep on grinding half for points.
1: He talks so quickly, Martin Cannon, doesn't he? Um, the, the other thing, it's interesting looking at how two managers can both claim that they should have won the game. It's just it's, It never ceases to amaze me how football just... They can't both have deserved to win the game.
2: I'm going to come out and say neither of
1: them deserve to win
2: the game Mm. They're both wrong A nil-nil was an absolutely fair result
1: Yeah, it's probably a fair comment as well Um, One take there from Johnny Yes, just, you know how we kind of quite like a wee stat um, Now and again, just you know those stats that just make you sit up and go Really? Um, Hamilton have only lost one of the last six (coughs) And that was last week against Dundee
2: Deceiving though, isn't it? Well, I suppose they had that impressive win against Aberdeen, but Pinterest I think I'm going to go out and say four of them will be draws. Yeah,
1: you're <laughs> right. voice break. The red you're and white, right?
3: The red and white draw juggernaut of Hamilton <laughs> Academical powers mm. on. You know what they say though? Thirty-eight
1: draws would probably keep you up. Probably. Mm. Mm. Um. <laughs> <but> certainly <laughs> kept you up last season when you look at Dundee United, uh, the amount of defeats they had and the <laughs> few few victories they had as well. Um, yes, Kilmarnock for that team that are apparently crisis hit um, going into the international break. They are sitting in seventh place. Um, however, if Partick Thistle, Hamilton, Motherwell were all to win their games in hand, uh, Kelly would be in tenth place. So it just it just shows at the moment um, the 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 top flight is is honestly it's a it's a pretty incredible league um, at the moment. Um, elsewhere, what have we got for you? We had Friday night. We had Partick Thistle and Aberdeen. Now I haven't seen much from this apart from um, Derek McInnes' outburst after the match with BT. The best Gilly goal Barber. of the weekend, probably. Oh, it's amazing! It's such a good finish for like yeah. a big guy who I didn't know was capable of that. No, I didn't have a
2: clue either. I think that's what people talk about after the game. Just didn't have a didn't know he had that in his locker.
1: So I don't think um, goalkeeper. And Thought he had either
2: No, I, Well, you've got a question to keep it a wee bit He's kind of all over the place But right. it's a fantastic finish You know, It was like a FIFA expect... goal, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> when, I, when I'm controlling B-B- the wee player I press select and I've got to keep her running <laughs> out And you just dinked it over me
2: Aye, it is a, It's a very clever finish It's a good finish from a corner as well um, For the first goal But Portix was a bit I would feel disappointed. He, he shouldn't be winning the header to start with and it should be cleared off the line. I think the keeper and the defender just get in each other's way.
3: I'd just like but to make a point that see the celebration he does after that. It's like if anyone it's funny. If anyone that watches wrestling, it's like the Vince McMahon and then the <laughs> Conor McGregor walk, right? If anyone should be doing that walk eh, that celebration after scoring a goal, it should not be an Aberdeen centre half. <laughs> just my run. Or any really centre half in Scottish football to be quite honest with you. But that was that was ridiculous.
1: What did you make of McInnes' comments after the match then? Because he seemed to react, I don't know if angrily is the word I'd use, but he seemed to be somewhat frustrated with the line of questioning. Um, the question was, do you think you got away with it there? Um, and also about the, the penalty claim, I think it's Abdul Osman um, late on, I think it was Jaden Stockley as well. Well, there was certainly, for me, um, there was perhaps shouts of a penalty. I don't think it was, but I don't think he could completely dismiss it. Um, do you think that's a signs of a guy under a bit of pressure, or are we reading too much into it? Uh, well, first of all, I actually, thought it was a penalty.
2: I've just seen it about five minutes ago. I think that uh, I think it is Osman. I think he's definitely tripped up um, by Stockley. It's a clumsy. It's a, it's a striker's tackle. It's clumsy. Uh, he goes down a bit easily, which probably doesn't help him. I'm not actually, what was the actual question that, that she asked? Uh, Do you think you got away with one there? Got away with one in terms, think, in terms of the result?
3: I in terms of the, I think it might have been in terms of the result because he he made the point, didn't he, about them dominating the game, or oh, they having enough chances to win the game or something like
2: that. See see if the question's stupid, then fair enough, call it stupid. But he should probably say to her that's it's stupid rather than muttering it because it's just a bit ugh, it's a bit rude uh, just put it muttering this way, it. I can
3: understand where he's coming from but I I wouldn't want Imagine manager of my team to do it because I think it, it looks unprofessional mm. and gives off a kind of bad vibe your
1: team doesn't speak to the press that's true we just <laughs> don't speak <laughs> to anyone see what I liked about BT though the fact that they they didn't hide away from the issue they actually tweeted it on their own page on Saturday about Derek McInnes' reaction now could you imagine Sky would almost be embarrassed about it and they'd be apologising about the, the, the swearing or whatever um, BT for me like what I love about them is that straight away they were they were questioning it they were going oh Derek McInnes is this a shine of a guy under pressure almost like thriving on the fact that a manager had lost lost the plot almost uh, doing an interview the same happened with Warburton like um, I think Daryl Curry. Did you not say, Daryl Curry had a, a right go at Warburton as well when he was on BT and and for not speaking to them? So I, I think they're they're good. At that I just think they stoke up such a reaction. BT, um, and that's why when games are on BT, I, I love it so much more.
2: Yeah, BT is streaks ahead of of Sky. You don't need an expert to tell you that. Just anybody that likes watching Scottish football once once in a while. That's the coverage is is miles better. They care more. You can just tell. The commentary is better. Although I don't, mind, I don't mind the commentary of Sky. Mm. I, I think, think Ian is maybe the,
1: the only good point about Sky. I'd go as far as saying he's maybe yeah. the only good point about Sky. Their coverage of the game yesterday, the Rangers game, we didn't really touch on it, but for me, for an enthralling end to the game, it felt a wee bit, They felt like it was something lacking. I don't know if their sound was slightly off or if the commentary mm. wasn't exciting enough or just the fact it was Sky. Um, but I think BT, the, even the fact Sky are in a studio in the corner and BT are on the pitch at halftime, that kind of stuff... Um, BT miles ahead Um, Aberdeen not miles ahead of Rangers Only a point They are second Partick Thistle After that small revival of the two wins um, Going to the international break In 8th place However as I said If they were to win their game in hand Which admittedly is against Celtic They would move into the top 6 We're going to move on to the Championship now Delighted to say that our Championship resident Connor Park is on the line How are you Connor?
0: Very well thank you very much Very well indeed
1: Good to have you there. Um, we'll start. Uh, I've just called you in because there, there's not much Championship intel um, in front of me here. Um big, harsh. So um, maybe True. Johnny's all right, but um, I'll, I'll go with you, Cora. And um, we'll start with Air Nil Hibernian three. What have you heard through the grapevine about this one?
0: The grapevine. Uh, no, I, I think judging by a lot of comments made, this is by far Hibernian's best performance of the season. Um, and I think, you know, going down here, we've seen very much I've seen it myself for a number of different teams, just how tough that can be. Um, but they seem to have went about it. I think probably professionals the word, um, to to kinda of gloss over it. Um and and then some actually to hit three goals, but um they deserve a lot of credit for going down there and getting that result. It's uh, I say, it takes a lot and what I think for all we talk about be? slipping up only a couple of weeks ago there. that's now four wins in the bounds for them you know, you can't really argue against that it is a form that is credible of being a team that is top of the league um, and if they keep going away they are they their business and they will stay there undoubtedly
1: I know you, you fancied Hibs to win that one Johnny
2: Yeah definitely there was something about it that I just, I thought Hibs would continue their good run of form um, and it, like I said it was nothing against air, I don't think that Air season will be defined by games that they play against the likes of Hibs. They need to start picking up points against, and they've done well picking up points against teams like Morton. And, I know they got beat by Morton last week, but teams like Dunfermline, Queen of the South, they beat <coughs> teams about them. Um, but no, the Hibs, for me, they're. No, I wouldn't say they're like a division away from. They probably are a division better than Air, so. And as much as air would have been pumped up for it, I think Hibbs would have been right up for it because hmm. of the 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 form that they're in. I think their blips over and <coughs> their big favourite go and win the league. Now I don't think they'll run away with it but to win the league.
1: Yeah, Hibbs seem to, to go on runs of form where they'll, they'll win loads of games and they'll fail to win. I think it was was it six games they failed to win in a row. Yeah. Um they've now won their last three in kinda of daunting away games, the likes and Ferland away from home. Um, and air on Saturday Convincing victories um, They've been followed in the table corner By Dundee United Who we saw them last week um, Sorry but they, they look to go up another gear On Saturday against uh, Queen of the South And they look like the real deal at the moment Yeah
0: they, they do They're on a good run of form I think um, the thing with Dundee United is uh, Undoubtedly and Tony Andrews Have got a top top class striker The one thing I would say is that and the reason maybe I've not uh, pugged over them so much in, in recent weeks is because, in truth, any time that I've actually seen them, um, I, I've not felt that, that going forward they've been that strong, but certainly on everything. similar other matches that have been played this season and judging by Saturday, going to Queen's South and, and and knocking that amount of goals does tell you something, Um don't get me wrong, Queen of the South are on a backwards slide. I think I kind of thought this would happen. Not in a mm-hmm. bad way, because they're still a very good team. They'll still be there, thereabouts, the playoffs. But n- no team like Queen of the South in that league can maintain that sort of consistency that they, they achieved at the start of the season, right across um, all uh, 36 matches. It's just, in my opinion, near enough impossible, especially considering the league. Um, but, you know, Dundee United would have been um, confident, but wary going down there um, and I think the goal after only a couple of minutes I think it was I think, I think it was 2-0 um, by about 10 15 minutes into the game that yeah. really would have put them on their way um, and that, that's always important when you go to these places, if you get an early goal sometimes that intimidation of places like Palmerston and Air, with the traditional side of it is, is, is actually minimised greatly um, but no they, they'll be delighted and Because of Hibs being such a big club and in front of them actually being three points behind even if it slipped to four probably quite suits them just now because they don't want Hype getting too much. Um, Don't get me wrong, I was there last week, the fans are very positive, very much behind the team but um, they they will be wary that you know. let's just keep ourselves in the picture but maybe not quite leading the pack this early because as you say, it is only the start of November um, and It's often interesting, you see a totally different side to a team sometimes when they hit that top spot, sometimes they freeze, sometimes Mm. they sell on it and it's interesting to see. We've not seen it yet from Dundee United but they'll be very happy with how they've done in the last kind of quarter, uh, eight or nine matches or so, they're back on track very much um, and certainly look like a team that will be challenging at the top end of the division come uh, May the Third or fourth Whenever it is At the season ends
1: mm, A very young team uh, Dundee United So it'll be interesting As you say To see how They do cope, cope Sorry, As as the, the season goes on um, It's interesting to hear Some of the comments Coming from Dundee United It seems like A, a very happy place At the moment Johnny The, the team's playing well The manager uh, Seems like he's getting The best out of the team And they look Like a pretty good fit At the moment To If they don't win the league um, Certainly Be in the premiership Next season
2: Yeah Yeah um... Yeah, it all seems to be going so well for them that we know the um, the manager knows what he's doing in the championship. He's got a good setup. They've got a good management system there. They've brought in players. They've I think the, the recruitment's been ten times better than it was last season at Dundee United. Um, yeah, they've they've recruited very well. They've, they've a strange policy actually of these Dutch players coming through who seem mm. to be I don't know. I've not actually seen Dundee United since they signed the two Dutch players. I've seen them in videos. Free. They've so got it's
1: the centre-half, gully. Um they've got van der Velden, and then they've got the, the right-back, who actually, if you ever see him, is Sean Dillon. He's a Dutch Sean Dillon. Is he he <laughs> runs the same way as Sean Dillon. He's incredible.
2: Uh, I have seen van der Velden, actually, and I've got my, my best mates in the United fan. He's a big, uh, big, big fan of Nick van der Velden. He seems to mm. really like him. So, yeah, they've, they've recruited very, very well done the United, and I think that... Although when it comes to the players, which I think that they they will be in with Falkirk, I don't know who I'd fancy because Falkirk have got this team that are just yeah. fit for big games yeah. and scoring last minute goals. Even at the weekend, we've seen it where they score in the last minute, and they are that that could play on Dundee United's right, mind and could be a positive thing for Falkirk going into a game like
1: that. Yeah, I agree. With you. I don't know who I'd fancy for a playoff game. Um, Because you could argue as well, Dundee United seem to have a lot of big game players. Players who have been there, but still have a a air of youthfulness about them. Um, I quite like Dundee United at the moment anyway. um, St Mirren, Callum, we must touch on them. Because it seems, uh, we we said, I think Johnny said if this game finished in a draw, that football would end on Saturday. And it was very close to finishing that way, but a late goal um, meant that, that Dumbarton, got the big three points. The result that leaves St Mirren way adrift, they're five points now adrift of them firmling. um, They're still winless all season. They've lost eight of their 12 matches uh, and that, that Fleming goal uh, for Dumbarton can send them to another defeat and there's real um worry about St Mirren now and their championship status.
3: Yeah, it seems as though we, we keep saying oh, it can't get much worse for them and then they bring in a new manager and it, you know, hopefully that'll turn it around and they do seem to be... Continuously awful every single week. Um, I think there was a demand for an inquiry from um, some of the Paisley listenership as to why whoever does the the boss bar
1: yeah. accumulator put well, them on. We talked. We talked about it's me, but we talked about it on Friday, and um, we're about hundred quid up for the season. So um, I'll keep that uh, as a wee. Um, yeah, so get up, you Paisley listenership. Yes, um, <laughs> I I think Saint Mirren going into that game on on Saturday. I had the feeling that. Maybe naively that they've got too many good players there Not to be beating Dunbarton Barton, you've got to remember as well Up until Saturday Had only won one game all season So they're not, they're not exactly a team uh, who No wins in 2016 Yeah I mean you, you can see why St Mirren to win at 6-5 Was a, was a half decent shout um, Connor, can it get worse for St Mirren? Um, <laughs> I really don't know to be honest with
0: you um, You know The they're a team that will be bereft of confidence just now and um, it's vital absolutely vital that, they, that they, they get a win sooner rather than later you know uh, going down to Dumbarton, um 1-0 against what was apparently I've not seen it but um, seems to have been a, a, an awful goalkeeping oh, mistake from Jamie horrendous. Jamie Langfield as I say I've not seen it but by all well, reports and certainly even Jack Ross admitted it and he's press conference afterwards so no, it's, it's massively worrying times because when teams like Dunbarton go and get that win it, it has a, a, a double impact it, it, it spurs Dunbarton on something you wouldn't believe you know they've they now got a fair gap on St Mirren but the, what that damage that must do internally to St Mirren well to be quite honest with you, it will do damage let it do damage they just can't afford to be faced by this they need people on that park to stand up and be counted and I've seen a lot of people over the uh, the weekend in the past even week before this game you know, saying uh, the, the players that we're talking about at the, at the start of the season that many people thought would get them into the playoffs um, younger players on loan you know are these the right boys to take you into a relegation battle because that's what it's going to be now I, I can't mm. see them turning it around drastically that they are going to end up Looking towards watch playoffs, they might do because they almost did it um, last season to an extent.
1: I don't. I don't see it this season. But, I, I think but, there's too many big teams around them. So not even around them ahead of them this season. I think you you'll look at last season. You only really had to get ahead of Wraith and Queens Queen of the South. I think those two teams have improved this season, big time.
0: But I mean, the, the question is for Jack Ross. What does he do? Does he try and? reassess, does he send these players back, does he keep them, does he bring new boys in, It'll, we're going to have to bring signings in but what you, I think you have to consider overall is is the squad as a whole fit for a relegation dogfight, that's probably what they need to add mm. they need to add that bit of steel and experience because what I don't doubt is that actually in the games in the game that I've seen in this season sorry, when they went forward um, they looked nice they looked decent but they need a little bit of more dig and steel about them to go and when a team like Dumbarton are going to sit back they have the players to break them down but do they have the players that are going to fight for the ball in midfield and that's the key thing focus has to be now on not playoffs not even mid-table but first and foremost avoid relegation um, I've got no doubt that Jack Russell um, that will be on his mind and I've got no doubt that he can turn this around but when you get such a, a blow that Saturday was, um, it, it's vital that you, you get yourself almost learn from it, but get it out of your mind as soon as possible, because the next game is now 10 times bigger, and they'll get mm. bigger and bigger and bigger until they get that win. And it wouldn't surprise me with one of these things of get the win and, and suddenly fortunes change, but, you know, that was a serious blow, 3-1 to Morton in midweek, uh, Doubled up again by that, by that defeat on Saturday How mm-hmm. many blows can our squad realistically take In a short space of time And that's what needs to be solved
1: Yeah, the games they've got coming up I think they've got Ayer and Unfermline this month um, Those are games, for me, that they, they have to go out and win Because um, I think it gets to the stage If you get into the new year And you're still five, six points adrift You're starting to get worried And wins become much harder to get um, Because you're you feel you need them um, they must win matches, whereas if they are just a couple of points off, they can just go out with that same mindset um, of trying to get points on the board, as opposed to you must win this game. I think you can write off any kind of top half playoff ambitions at all. They're going to be in the bottom half of the table at the end of the season. Um, the difference is, are they going to, or the big thing is, are they going to be involved in a playoff, or are they going to go straight down? I certainly wouldn't rule them out at the moment. Um, I think that the the players over the last couple of years. Um, the last two and a half seasons now from the the season they were relegated from the top flight I think the players, and I appreciate it's a different crop of players, I think they've got off scot-free massively Um, since then you've seen what Ian Murray uh, well Gary Teal first um, Ian Murray um, Alex Ray uh, and now the way it's going Jack Ross, the way things have started um, Jack Ross isn't a bad manager you've seen the work he's done at Alloa, he's a very astute tactically astute manager so why are these players not doing the business? For me, all of the criticism has to come the players' way at the moment. They're not doing it. Um, they're, they're experienced players. I mean, you touched on experience there, corner they've got the likes of Webster and Clarkson and Sutton. These are experienced players who, for whatever reason, just aren't doing it. And it, it's hard to come up with a reason why, because you look at the, the club and the names of the players you've got, That sh- that is a team that should be where Morton are at the moment in fourth place, where Falkirk and Queen of the South are at the moment. And they're not, they're at their bottom place with no wins from 12 attempts and they've, they've drawn four like it's, it's, it's almost mind-boggling how, how bad they've been this season They're certainly for me the worst team um, by a country mile in the whole SBFL this season and, and things I think uh, certainly have to change for St Mirren's starting with um, their next game whenever it is um, Elsewhere in the Championship we had the, the real Fife Derby Johnny had a, a 0-0 draw between Dunfermline and Wraith Rovers, a pretty good crowd there as well I'm I'm led to believe, Um, probably neither team going away too happy with that one This is, I think, basically exactly the
2: same, well, pretty similar to Hamilton against Kilmarnock, in the way that, although Wraith are pretty high up the table, I don't think it's a terrible point for them, I don't think it's a terrible point for (laughs) Dunfermline either Um, although Dunfermline do have to start winning games, their team that's, that's they have kind of been getting away with it a bit this season maybe yeah. because of how terrible St Mirren have been and how I wouldn't say terrible average Dumbarton have been but they won the the uh, league one at a, at a canter last year ahead of United who are now overshadowing them in the championship and I think they're four or five points ahead of them so they're not doing well enough and um, considering the players they've brought in as well Dunfermline they should be a lot higher at the table people tipping them for a a playoff a playoff push, they've not really lived up to that level. Um so being a bit below par, Wraith Rovers they've just they continue on. I'm I'm
1: still waiting for this Gary Lock meltdown to happen here. Mm. I know v- very Calif- silent Fisher, Callum Fisher, Callum Scott, Lewis came all gone very silent for the end it. of
3: February, I'm still saying it. I, I think
1: it's
2: a manager for the whole season.
1: Your voice, your voice again.
2: Again, Aye, I don't know, any. it's just I don't know what's wrong mm. with me. I'm gonna say I'm I'm L or something or my balls are dropping maybe finally. <laughs> what is happening
1: Dunfermline though? They've won two games all season and they've both been four three. I know. Very There's interesting.
2: In the maybe tactically he's been Alan Johnson has been shown up because last season they did win a lot of games high scoring games. So maybe defensively they're not quite all there.
1: Dunfermline's second bottom in the league um, yeah I think when you look at United a team that they were much better than over the course of the League 1 season last year and you see Ayr um, albeit Ayr have lost the last two but Ayr have four wins to their name Dunfermline only have two this season uh, I think it does probably raise a few alarm bells for Alan Johnson I think it was Callum Scott said that this is a season that will define him um, the final game on Saturday Conor of course will ask you about this one it was Falkirk Morton a bit of late drama I believe
0: yeah, it certainly was. Um, I think you know, the first half very um, average. I think is a word to use. You know, neither side really packed a punch, and um, you know it, it was some decent stuff at times. But you know, really f- very few chances in front of goal. Um, second half, I don't know. <laughs> You'll know, you know, wait for the sarcastic laugh to come through, but the you, know, you know, did absolutely dominate the second <laughs> half. Um and you know, it was just a case of not being able to to manoeuvre it and, and get that chance to, to, to give um to, to get the lead. Um and, and in the end, you have know, been hit by that, that sucker punch at the other end of the park. Um it was the only kind of real threat from Morton all day was Ross Hobbs's delivery from free kicks. Um, it was a powerful uh, kind of cross that he zipped across goal and it's taken a hit off uh, um Ricky Lamy and ended up in the back of the net. And uh, you know at that point with I think about six minutes to go, you're thinking, how do this is just you know a, bit a travesty to be honest. That you know you, you're dominating so much and uh, you're not got a lead. Luckily, chance after chance after chance, even in that kind of final three minutes. You know, a good save from McNeil. It's uh, not McNeil Gaston, sorry. Uh, James Craigan had an effort. Lee Miller had another header, and finally uh, the last kind of kick of the ball they they get the, the goal that secures a point but um I think it's a tough one because obviously you've lost two games in a row um, people look at it and people looking at say oh it's another draw for, for 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 Falkirk and you know, are maybe really a bit disappointed by it. But I firmly believe that the team, you know, didn't play that badly and had this sort of game come about after a period of time we may won a couple of matches the outlook on it would be very different. But you know, we need to give credit to Morton because they are a strong team. Um, they've justified themselves in, in being up there, but I think you know even Jim Duffy after the game admitted, you know, that he was gutted because you know after being under so much pressure and getting the goal, you think, oh, are we're are we going to get away with this, but then to lose a goal so late in the game um, was obviously very, very disappointing for them. And you know, we have had so many of those long throws that I think we became famous for last year that just hadn't fallen properly, just but managed to be cleared. And he says, you know. It, and this was the ones after the game. If you lose a goal from that, you can accept it. Whereas the goal they actually lost was a simple cross in the box and a header. These are avoidable things that they'll be taking from the game and saying, you know, we could have feasibly held on for, for three points there. Um, we got the bit of luck that we probably need, but we just couldn't quite see it out. But it, it, it leaves Falkirk obviously um, fifth just outside the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, a, it's a tough one to to balance out because three points off of uh, you're only still three points off a of third and six points off of United and second and seven off the top so at this stage of the season you know it's still um, it's not really um, too much to, to to be of great concern it's very much a catchable lead but when you take it into perspective you know the, the target is playoffs um, that's what's been spoken about so we're only a point off there just now you know and um, but as I, as I know, I bored you to tears with last week and frustrated many. You know, we are still only uh, in November, so and yeah. I do kind of stand by what Peter Houston says in the sense that um, there is really no point looking, or there is a point, but the feasibly league tables. You know, the position you're in. If you're there or thereabout in January, then that's the time. That if you're not there or thereabout, you can become really concerned. You know.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Um, just to correct you slightly, I have you nine points off Hibs here at the moment. Um, also yeah, is that right? Aye. Nine aye. points, aye. Yes. No, just, Connor said seven for a second there. I just want to keep you in your place there, Connor. Um, was there a, a lot of tone-faced journals about on Saturday with those two late goals?
0: Um, well, the words that I, I used when they came in was uh, was rewrite and I think that, that, that certainly was the, the case but What else do you expect When you arrive at the Falkirk Stadium You know Full of drama Excitement um,
1: And a good pie at half time And a tannoy Yeah and a tannoy Those tannoys are just Why why on a um, What is it A Monday afternoon At 25 past 5 Is the tannoy blasting
0: Because we never stop We never stop (laughs) We never stop (laughs) Corner Park
1: I'm going to make you stop right now son Um, You are away Thank you very much for coming on For Championship Chat um, And take care And we'll see you soon I hope We'll see you later guys the fantastic voice here of connor park i meant to
3: ask him there right see we were talking me and johnny were talking about this just because he came on why does it always sound as if like connor when he's talking on the phone as if like there's a baby in the room or something and he has to be quiet in case he wakes the baby up like he's dead mm-hmm. soft and quiet and like Maybe he's if... the
1: loudest boy ever in the I, I know
3: it's as if he shouldn't it's like i don't know if, if he's found on the
1: phone he is he'll get Spanked or something. <laughs> spanked. Like boss. You could have gone for any word there and you went for spanked. Yeah, I think Wonderful. spanked probably um probably covers it quite well to be totally honest with you. Um a team who certainly got spanked at the weekend, Johnny, <laughs> uh were Stenhouse Muir. You saw them at um Recreation Park, wherever the, the, the Indo new Drill. The Indodrill. Um against Allowa. Um on the face of it, probably a result that was expected uh, and certainly deserved yeah. looking at the highlights we looked at earlier. Um, Brown Ferguson didn't seem too pleased after the game?
2: No, he had a few complaints, he was unhappy with offsides um, which I don't know why because I actually don't think there was an offside awarded during the match um, which is maybe why he was unhappy but for me there was not There was nothing going there um, we watched that penalty appeal for which I, someone went down but I don't know why, I don't think there was a penalty, so To be honest, I don't think he really had any right to be annoyed at the officials. He probably had the right to be annoyed at his luck because I think all three of Steny's... only had five players on the bench and three of them had to come on for injured players. Um, (coughs) The keeper pulled a a thigh, the midfielder pulled a thigh, and their striker in the first half absolutely destroyed by Aloua's goalkeeper. I think he actually... I might be right in saying he had to go to hospital he certainly had a concussion and left mm. the field in the stretcher so hopefully, I think it's Alan Cook, hopefully he's alright um, <clears throat> but no, it was Aloha were the better team from start to finish um, done all the work in the first half and it was game over at, at, after 35 minutes really to be honest
1: What did you learn from Saturday? One thing From Aloha Steny no just well yeah obviously all right um
2: that i am right about Stenhousemuir and Forrest are going to beat them in the Scottish cup mm. that's what um a guy speaking to a guy that works for Steny after the game he says put a few quid in Forest so there's the bookie's corner covered for
1: three weeks time mm. very interesting Alawa 23 points 2 off of Brechin this Brechin team who you, you keep thinking i're just going to stop winning at some point um we thought it might be on saturday against peter head peter head um showing a bit of a mini revival recently uh, and Brecon went and won 3 one they were 3-0 up in that game yeah um if i ever speak to Darren Dodds
2: again i'm going to ask him why he said they should only finish top 5 because it's at the time it seemed feasible but they seem like genuine contenders now mm. genuine contenders um, I'm just going to not even speak about Aye. this anymore because I don't, I don't know what's going on with me.
1: <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> no, they're definitely up there with, with
2: Aloua and Livy.
1: Um, yeah, they've lost three games all season and two of them were against Livy and one was against Aloua. The only other one they didn't win was Queen's Park, which was a 0-0 draw. So, I mean, they've won two-thirds of their matches. It is a quite incredible start to the season for Beacon. They've been really, really good. And I was really impressed with that victory. As I say, they were 3-0 up against Peterhead there. Um Hammy's hot shots didn't quite come in this week. Livy three, <laughs> East five one. Um, it finished Livy top of the league, twenty seven points. East Fife now. We said we were slightly worried for them on Friday show. They are now into the relegation place. That is courtesy of Queens Park. Queen? Queens, Aye. Queens Park's victory um, away to Stranraer. Um, Stranraer now thirteen points. Exact same record: four wins, a draw, and seven defeats as Queens Park, but ahead. Um, on goal difference, they're minus 6 compared to Queen's Park's minus 10. Um, the final game in League 1 was Albion-Erdrionis, a winning start for Mark Wilson as a manager. Yeah, big big credit to Mark, it's not an easy place to,
2: to go Albion. Especially in the, the Lanarkshire derby. Of course, yeah, I didn't even realise that was a derby, to mm. be honest with you. But really big derby. Albion, like I said last week, they're kind of underrated, they're very good defensively. Um, <clears throat> Airdrie have got strengths going forward we all know that uh, they should probably be looking to, to get promotion with, given that they're full time mm. but no, you've got to credit, credit Mark Wilson his first game in management to, to go there and get a, a
1: win is very impressive Yeah, three wins in a row for Airdrie, five points clear now in the playoffs of Albion Rovers after that victory on Saturday and he's inheriting a nice wee team there Mark Wilson, I think a team that you look at it, if they were to put a run together, they are only three points behind Aloua who are tipping for so much of this season. Um So it's just the way the league table works. You never know about onions in League 1. Lewis Kemp's big prediction may actually become true come the end of the season. Um League 2, um the big result. Finally delighted to see it. Edinburgh City have their first win in the SPFL. They beat Montrose 1-0 on Saturday. And without... Kind of going too far over the top, Callum we are absolutely delighted for them Thrilling,
3: I think if there was a
1: team of burst ball um, yeah.
3: that might be an idea for next season actually, um, but with uh, well, Edinburgh City, I think um, we quite like to see them do well um, and the fact that they, they bodied Montrose 1-0 <laughs> to move within two points of them <laughs> um, Montrose better be looking behind their shoulders because those Edinburgh City hot shots are,
1: are right behind them Yeah, last two results are win away at Montrose and a draw away at Forfar. And they obviously sorry in the, and the league for and it. they beat four throughout the cup. So I mean, maybe maybe there's a wee bit of hope there. Maybe they're starting to acclimatise. I think mm. Lewis Kemp made the point that teams would be not wanting to be the first team to lose to Edinburgh City. Montrose now are that. So and I think it's quite an interesting point Lewis made. Now maybe teams, um, it's hard to say they're not going to try as hard. But you know, if you're you don't want to be the first team To lose to Edinburgh, you're going to give it everything not to lose. And I think they went ahead in a lot of games and lost them or drew them. I think now Edinburgh City. Um, I think you I predict them out for by eight. The should get of the two scene. games in hand on. Yeah, but Cowdenbeath only have one game in hand, I and suppose. and games in hand at the bottom of the table aren't like games in hand at the top. Games in hand for Montrose <laughs> is most likely two defeats. They've only won two games all season. Montrose. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't write Edinburgh City out of a relegation, um, like assured relegation this season. No,
2: I don't think they're... I think they're far from it. They've mm. proven that they're a good team to, to get into the division, beating Cove over two legs, beating East Stirling, albeit East mm. Stirling worked great, uh, over two legs as well. Uh, they've got some I think more experienced players, is w- how you would describe it. Um, but no, I wouldn't say Cairnbeath incredibly, because Cairnbeath could be f- facing, what, three relegations in a row, which would just be extraordinary. Um, <laughs> we're, we're out of the... Out of the woods yet, but Cowdenbeath, I think we're a bit unlucky on Saturday because mm. following Dean Brett, who missed a penalty, I follow him on Twitter, apparently that was over the line it did actually.
1: Oh, more goal line technology. Yeah, oh, um, oh, fantastic.
2: But this one's actually probably clearer than sports scenes <laughs> because he's taken a screenshot of a video and it I'm actually taken. looks taken. That's I not a word. He's, he's taken a screenshot of a video of the highlights that actually is probably more conclusive than sports mm. scenes highlights. Um, so. By all accounts, they were a bit unfortunate
1: the weekend. Yeah, 1-0 draw for Cowdenbeath away at Berwick Rangers. As I said, Cowdenbeath 8th, Berwick Rangers just outside the playoff places in 5th place. Our Broth are 4th place, they got a 2-1 win away to Annan Athletic. Um, I think you asked me for my tip for that game on Saturday, Johnny, and I, I think I, I just said our Broth because away teams seem to be the... They seem to be the thing away teams in League Two. It seems to be the league where away teams do the business, which is always quite interesting. I suppose um, the Championship had three away wins um, this week as well, but it does it does look like away teams seem to quite enjoy League Two. I don't know if that's down to the, the kind of smaller crowds, less hostile places, or what. But um, a two-one mm-hmm. for our broth over Annan Athletic as I say moves them to fourth Annan in sixth place. Clyde beat Elgin two-one in the top of the table clash. Um, that means that Clyde are now level with Elgin on 21 points. However, Clyde have a game in hand. They are four points off Mon- uh, Forfair, sorry, who got back to winning ways. Their first win in what seems like a lifetime um, with a 3-0 win over Sterling. Quite an emphatic victory for them there.
2: It's depressing stuff. I really thought Sterling
1: would win this weekend.
2: Mm. Um, completely wrong. Couldn't have been further from the truth. to get be 3-0. Um, I just thought because Forfar. had not beating Edinburgh City over three games, but maybe that was saying more about Edinburgh than it was about Forfur. Hmm, um, possibly. Maybe that there's there's not they're not as good as we thought and Edinburgh aren't as bad as we thought and obviously Stirling you are are not as good as we thought. Although I think that might be their first loss under new management. I might be I'm I'm probably wrong, but they've they've certainly
1: had a decent start anyway. Yeah no you, you might well be right because the last defeat was four 0 to Elgin, I think the one that um, cost McLaren his job, I, yeah, think. I think. So, so. Um, yeah, twenty fourth of September. So yeah, Stirling Albion um, poor result for them on Saturday. They sit in seventh, four four points clear with a game in hand on Elgin, um, who are themselves level with Clyde on twenty one points. So that is your um, your SPFL wrap this weekend. Who won the big Dundee derby on the Twitter? did we have a look? Because we had our team of the week. We had um, Dundee and Dundee United <gasps> battling away for it. And I think voting's probably closed now. I've not actually had a look. I'm just going to have a look now and see who eventually ran away with it. Um, Yes, um, Brecon 11%, Forfar 17%, Dundee 33%, and the winners are Team of the Week for this weekend. Team of the Weekend, Dundee United with 39%. Fair play to the Arabs on winning that one. Dundee United back in an action. On Tuesday night, in their <coughs> um, one of their potential ten matches against Dunfermline this <laughs> season, um, I think if the two teams get to the playoffs and play against each other, um, this will be the they've also got themselves in the cup. I think next weekend in the Betfred Cup, or sorry, the Iron Brew Cup, isn't it? Of yeah. course, um, they were in the same Betfred Cup group stage. We've got four league games, and they could, of course, draw each other in the Scottish Cup and get a replay as well, which would equal ten matches, which would be pretty incredible. Um, that at Tanadice um, tomorrow night, as I say. Also on Tuesday, an Athletic against Montrose in League 2. Um, have you got Guise the Goals, Johnny? Yeah, um, there's only four people left going into Guise
2: the Goals this week. Uh, I picked a game I was going to, Aloha against Steny, which had five goals. So I'm getting first pick for the first time next week. Um, Matt had the safe safe bet with Celtic which had three goals. Fisher somehow scraped through again with with just two goals and that 1-1 draw.
3: Riding on that Clint Hill train.
2: <laughs> and uh, Connor Park is out with his 1-1 one, one goal, 1-1 one, one draw where the first goal was the 87th minute. So Was it? Yeah, oh, it was Falkirk game. Falkirk, yeah. So oh. he's he's out and you'd get good odds on the last three being me, Callum Fisher and Matt Finlay I
1: think. Very good indeed. yeah um, Predictions, Lee, if my page ever loads, let's have a wee look. I've not actually looked yet to see how everyone's got on this week. Um, yes, a lot of uh, correct scores this weekend by the looks of things. I'm counting 13 correct yeah. scores, um, which is definitely... that. That's, I think this is the best week looking at it. Um, and sadly, I was the only player not to get a correct score this weekend. Um, I am bottom with five points. Um, Matt Finlay and Callum Scott both got 7 points Um, Next was Johnny Clark You get 9 points, Johnny That is 6 correct outcomes And the one all draw between Ross County and Rangers Um, Callum Fisher with 10 points, 2 correct scores Aberdeen's 2-1 win at Thistle And Celtic's 3-0 win over Inverness Um, Lewis also got 10 points He got a 2-1 win, in fact... Yeah, 2 1 win for Aberdeen at Thistle and 3 0 Celtic. Is that the exact same as you? Yeah, interesting. Would so. Very interesting copying going on there, perhaps. Um, 11 points was Connor Park. He got three correct scores. He called those exact same two games as well. Again, interesting. As well as Airdrie's 2 1 1 over Albion Rovers in Mark Wilson's first game. But the star of the show this week, a special mention for Ross Clark. Um, 13 points this week, pretty good going, he called Hearts 2-2 draw with St Johnson, very good, he called Kelly's 0-0 draw with Hamilton, very good, (laughs) and he also called Airdrie's 2-1 win over Alwin Overs, calling two draws is a pretty good going, he goes for draws all the time Ross, he does yeah, he does, Um, so Ross Clark, top scorer this weekend, this means that the the overall standings in this weekend, um, it's a bit like the Scottish Premiership, um, because everybody is close, and then there's just Connor Park in the lead. Um, Callum Fisher is bottom now, despite a good showing this weekend. Seventy-one points. Lewis and Matt both have seventy-five. Ross Clark has seventy-six, as does Callum Scott. Hamish has seventy-seven. Johnny has seventy-eight, and Corner Park has eighty-nine points. Um, so Ross Clark, special mention to him, seventy-six points, um, doing very nicely against uh, the rest of us. And he was minus a game week as well. So very well done to Ross Clark. There, he's a big winner this week. But Connor Park still what eleven points clear of you, Johnny, at the top of the table. Can anyone I'm catch second. Connor Park? I can
3: just hear Ross's really annoying, <laughs> specky voice celebrating that result. So you are
1: second, Johnny. Yes. Jesus, that's impressive. I'm actually. Thought I was well down the table. Mm. No, very well done to yourself. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Time for one question from the snowman. He's asking <laughs> if you take away Celtic, do we have one of the most competitive leagues in Europe? You're a man who knows his European football, Johnny. Um, I would definitely say
2: so. Yeah, I think um, I actually looked at the English league yesterday, and I think there was three points or f- five separating ten or something like that. Mm. So I mean, there are other competitive leagues definitely. Uh, Germany's six between the top six and stuff like that but definitely we need to give our league more credit and it's it's a very hotly contested league for sure
3: Mm. yes just sorry I um, I was just going to touch on something else very quickly Um, that was out with the SPFL special mention to East Kilbride obviously who
1: Mm, watch it watch it Mm? watch it what
3: what are you talking about
1: No, continue your I was just going
3: to say did they not either see now you've it's a ponzi scheme uh, that's what it was because they drew one or they won on
1: penalties won on penalties yeah. against Sterling right never mind this is I mean I'm all for celebrating achievements but for me it's 18 wins in a row which is still pretty incredible and they could still beat the record correctly but for me drawing a game and winning it in penalties isn't a victory in that context I don't think you can have a win and run with a victory in penalties because you've not won that game yeah I agree because if that was a 90 minute game if that was a league game it would have been a draw and there'd be no arguments at all so For me, massively well done. 18 wins in a row is amazing Um, but I can't have that record. Um, Another thing we forgot to say last week uh, massive well done to the Glasgow City women's team on completing 10 in a row. Um, It's something that of course there's many Celtic fans sing about um, but the celebrations I heard were were pretty incredible. Um, A decade of dominance Johnny. Amazing for Glasgow City.
2: It's amazing and they've they've done quite well and in Europe over the yeah. years as well, I think so. We we'll mm. maybe talk them up a little bit
1: more in in the future. Aye, so Hib- well,
3: so well done to them and get out of East come right. <laughs> and also,
1: <laughs> um, well done to Hibs who won the Scottish Cup the other day as well. Did they? Yeah. So the double, obviously, Hibs hold both Scottish Cups, the the male and the female equivalent. Very good, well done. Um, they are indeed um, quite a couple of plugs for a few articles we have over the last few days. Um got a new look website, I think it's a very slick looking website if I don't um, blow my own trumpet too hard. Um, we have got some good articles on there, we have got, um, well I wrote an article earlier that touched on my, my thoughts in the weekend, um, give that a wee look. Also a very good interview um, Callum Scott conducted with his friend the footballer Robbie Muirhead, a real <laughs> revealing interview about Robbie's career. Um, the teams he's played for and he has played for a few even though he is still very young. Um, I look back at his brief childhood as well um, and some nice cartoon-like animations as well so you get all that um, and of course Callum Fisher's uh, post that will be up probably by the time you're listening to this hopefully anyway on the site as well give them all a look and we'll hopefully have more content we're also looking for writers as well as we've been blasting on Twitter over the last day or so (coughs) and we'll continue for the next few days loads of scheduled posts there about writing for us if you want to write for us um, go on the write for us page on the website and get in touch And uh, we're looking for blog content for the site Thank you very much for listening Thank you Callum Fisher, Johnny Clark um, For joining me, Hamish Carter In the studio for a look back at a ferocious Weekend of Scottish football action We will see you later on in the week for a preview Ahead of the not so big one At Wembley on Friday